Right now, guys, Hassle Cattle Company is offering an awesome discount for DNVR listeners. You guys can buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. These taste incredible. Uh, they're awesome to cook up any time of the week, any day of the month. Um, very flavorful, and Hassle Cattle Company is discounting them for you guys, for DNVR listeners. Buy three, get one free on those flank steaks. Of course, Hassle Cattle Company has everything else that you could possibly want. They've got the best Wagyu beef around. Make sure to use code DNVRFLANK at checkout, D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K, to get that buy three, get one free deal. Of course, you can also save 10% at all times when you use the code DNVR10 off of your entire order. Uh, so again, check out Hassle Cattle Company, HassleCattleCompany.com. Get that buy three, get one free deal for their flank steaks with the promo code DNVRFLANK. They're only $9.99 a piece, so super affordable. And then use code DNVR10 for 10% off your entire order. What is up, everybody? And welcome into the Mailbag Lounge. I think that was like kid shows after me. In between. Yeah, in between. I was, I was in, in the Blues Clues era for sure. That's what Blues I was in the Blues Clues Was it good? Era. Uh, back then it even seemed a little mediocre, gotta say. Really? Wow, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a whole other podcast. I wonder if yeah. my kids think this is their watch because it seems like they're just like any kid's show. They're like, I'm into this. Yeah. So I wonder, well, yeah. I got like no cable TV when I was younger. I think I told you guys this. So mm. Blues Clues was, it might have been on PBS or something. It was on one of the channels that I got. So it was really like my only choice. Yeah. So I just had to take it. That know. explains so much. It does explain a lot. On PBS. Every time yeah. I hear something about Wynn's childhood, I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah that makes PBS a lot of sense. PBS and Jamba Juice. Like. Jamba Juice, of course. The only kid eat drinking Jamba Juice. <laughs> guys, today's a mailbag pod. Uh, two days off for the Nuggets. It's actually been nice. Do you guys yeah. remember last year when it was Nuggets, Avs, Nuggets, Avs? Every day for um, an entire month. And it was exhausting. Well, at the bar, it was every other day, too. And yeah. I was watching all the Avs games at the bar. So I was yeah. here at the bar every single night for two months, two, three months. It's funny because it's like when we have the la- the watch parties, everybody, especially for these playoffs ones, they're so intense. It's like being at the game where <laughs> yeah. it's not a lot of conversation with whoever you're here with. It's like watching the game and right. cheering. and this You're and coming here to watch the game. Yeah, and then at halftime, it's almost like, you're like, whew, I need this halftime because you got to catch up. Like, you have to start having conversations with the people next to you because because that's your I only t- break. I took a lap outside in game one. <laughs> a lap. Yeah. <laughs> like a jog. You just a soft jog up and down the block. <laughs> it is really intense. Everybody here is just super focused. We're all locked in. We're we, here to watch the game. We need a good gym here, man. Because I'm telling you, it was like after game one, like I just had so much like energy, like frustration well, energy that I just need? wanted like a great hour long workout. You know what we need? We need a heavy bag. In the corner down there by the merch shop where you could just go in like five minute stints. I think the gym is in like phase five. Yeah, it is phase five. We're still on phase one. Um, So today we are going to take some mailbag questions. So if you have them, send them in. Super producer Kale is keeping an eye on the live chat right now. We have a couple that people sent in um, from Twitter. So we'll get to those as well. Uh, but first, we're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whatever you sign up. Make money alongside with us. I'm so close to jumping the $1,000 mark on my uh, – I started off with 200 I'm almost over 1000 We'll just need that uh, the Jokic MVP to be announced. Well, then, I mean, that's like a lock, so I definitely will go over it. I'll beat up to 2000 which yeah. will be great. That's a great – That'll be a great day for all of us. Paid more by DraftKings than my actual job, my actual employer. It's crazy. (laughs) I'm I'm getting nervous, guys. These sham wows coming out of nowhere. I, I... 
I will say no one cares at all, including myself. I've been first to Jokic in an all-star game for two, oh, two three years now. Look at this. I was kind of hoping to get this Man, one. you breaking the strong room for you, man. I'm rooting for you. I'm feeling very optimistic. He beat Shams, man. It'd be, the, it'd be the best. <laughs> um, well, I can, I'm can. i going to go ahead and spoil it. Jokic is the MVP. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. I just want the Unofficially, retweet, unofficially, but officially. Um, guys, there's some breaking news today. Oh, um, 10,500 fans will be allowed inside Ball Arena. Wow. And we're bumping it up, guys, from 43.5%, which I believe was like 7,500. Yeah. Get an additional 3,000. Wind, you're the only one that's been at the arena for these. That is, they just increased from 4,000 to 7,000. That's a 3,000 person increase. Another 3,000 person increase. You made it sound like the last one was a pretty big bump. Definitely. What do you think this next one will be? I think it will continue to be noticeable. I don't know if it, you could really tell watching the game I on the broadcast. I couldn't really. Jokic's three right before halftime. Yeah, I saw this tweet. Yeah. Remember Shaq Harrison came into the game, got yeah. a couple crazy stops on Damian Lillard. Like that was that really changed the game for me right before a halftime. Jokic's three right before the second quarter buzzer. That was one of the loudest moments I can ever remember, like at Ball Arena. And there was yeah. only forty percent capacity there. So I think it's going to continue to make a big difference, and the arena's been buzzing for these last two games. It's been an awesome atmosphere, so it's going to get even better. That three was was badass, though. Yeah. And it, you're right, it was because you know we went back, we all rewatched the game now, and that sequence where Damian Lillard makes I think six three pointers in a row. Yeah. It was such a like Denver was dominating the game, and it was such a like man, this game is still mm. close. Shaq comes in, and and it's funny because. Lillard and Jokic were kind of going back and forth, but Lillard was hitting the the crazier shot. Like Jokic was making post ups and this and that. You were trading threes for twos, really. Trading threes for twos, and and not Matt that bump. Jokic's shots are not spectacular in their own right, but Damian Lillard when he shoots from the literal center court logo and then makes <laughs> af one after the other after Actually, the other. The yeah, center court the logo. Not the side little ball arena logo, <laughs> no. but the big logo, the mean, further logo. Like four seconds into the shot clock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was who does that? one of the most badass shots. I've it ever was, seen. and it was just one of those moments where you're like. Man, he single-handedly is going to keep him in it, but no, it was not to be done. And Jokic, you know, Shaq Harrison came in and made his impact, but Jokic hits three shots to end the game. Yeah. So they cut it to, I think, four. Jokic goes on his own little mini 7-0 run, or maybe it was five, and he goes on a 7-0 run to push it to 12, including a three-pointer, not quite at the buzzer, but close enough. And it was like, it was one of those things where it's like salvaged it, salvaged yeah. a great first half. So I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. I just got to say about those Shaq Harrison minutes, though, um, I wrote about this, but I feel like that was the point in the game where the Nuggets felt, okay, we actually can stop this guy. He's right. not super invincible. We actually do have a chance here to, to stop Dame. Yeah. So I feel like just that stretch gave him, gave Denver a ton of confidence. But that the crowd's reaction to that three-man, wow. It was so deafening. I always wonder about Yoke sort of computing these things. And was that this moment calls for this, this possession calls for yeah, this shot yes. or this moment I have to respond to mm -hmm. Dame. I think so. I honestly do. And I think Jokic's mind frame in the series has been, they're going to guard me a certain way. I've got to I've got to be this guy that hits tough shots mm. and makes tough shots. And in that moment, I think absolutely. You watch the approach to it. It was very much a, we built a big lead as a team. 
Damian Lillard cut it as an individual. Like now as an individual, I need to respond to it. That's how I yeah. felt watching it. And it was just, it was fantastic. I know Dame stole the headlines. And again, like his shots were more spectacular. I'm not going to sit here and Dude, pretend that they first half that was, I was talking to Matt Moore when we were at the game together. That was one of the best shooting stretches I've ever seen live. It was curious. Maybe the best. It, it was, was curious. It was, it was curious. It's what it was. And it's funny because watching, you know, I did the list. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite episodes of the list ever, because I really do feel yeah, like, great. I feel like there's enough, in there to provide the context for what the battlegrounds are, mm. you know, in the series. And, you know, why those threes were necessarily important for Portland in this game, they're going to make adjustments, but Denver bringing the defense so high out, Lillard had a choice to make, either continue to keep giving the ball up to other players to make plays that they just weren't making, or just shoot even deeper back. Like the point of bringing Jokic out above the three-point line was <laughs> right. to take away the step-up three-pointers. Right. Well, instead <laughs> he's stepping further back and draining them. Now here's the thing. I feel, and I don't know how you guys feel, but one of my big, one of the reasons I feel pretty optimistic following game two, what much more than obviously after game one, um, is that I think he did about as well as you can expect. Is that to say I am sure he will not go better than nine of 16 from three? He might. He's a great player. And if he does it, you kind of have to tip your hat to him, just like Steph Curry sometimes does it. And you're like, what can you do? But I, I'm saying that's the best bet you have is to say, all right, Dame, you have to go better than 9 of 16 from the three-point line. And by the way, the threes you're going to take, they're going to have to be five feet yeah. behind the line. I would much rather him do that, go 9 of 16 from three, and having to keep move back and move back and right. move back, instead of him getting into the paint, finding Simons for an open three. Him yeah. getting in there, finding Mello or Covington for a wide open three, that's at the three-point line. Yep. I think... Denver, I mean, a coach would never admit this, but if I'm a player, I'd be probably be thinking we've seen their their best punch as a team in game one. And we saw if if he plays any better than that, then hat tip. Um, but that's probably Dame's best punch. Yeah. Um, back to the 10,500 fans, though. One thing I wonder, you talked about how it was the loudest ever and this. And I know there you had the conversation about it feels like the first time getting out of the house and there's yeah. all this newness. And so maybe fans are a little louder individually. Dude, fans are just so pumped to be there. People are dancing in the aisles. Yeah. Just just dancing. But here's my <laughs> point. I wonder if there's something to fewer people being there. Psychologically, you feel less seen. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when there's so many people there, you're standing next to somebody you don't know and this or that. And maybe like the aisles are a little more clear. So you're a little bit more like. I get I get to be a little bit more free. I don't know. Right. I'm curious if there's that, a psychological thing there. That's how it was on press row this season. <laughs> like the decorum really sort of melted away. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. Five of us in the room. No cheering in the press box. There's literally nobody in the arena. You're like, what does it matter what we do here? Right <laughs> Just like now? shouting at Ryan, three people down. <laughs> Would you put Shaq in? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, any other notes you guys have from rewatching the game? I shared a notebook pod uh, yesterday. Do you guys have? have some thoughts from takeaways um so i wrote about like aaron gordon obviously making the huge impact and i really feel like i said that started with Shaq. that was the first kind of chink in the trailblazers armor and it gave denver some confidence okay we can't stop him I i'm curious what you guys think how much does aaron gordon play on dame going forward is this a situation where they start Aaron Gordon against him from the opening tip. Yeah. Is it a situation where they say, oh, all right, let's see if Dame is really going to be red hot again, and then we move Aaron Gordon on him as the game goes along? Because I almost feel like it might be more of that than, all right, we're going to start Aaron Gordon on him from the first possession of the game. So here's what I think is funny, and I said this a little bit yesterday on Locked on Nuggets, but the 
Uh, two adjustments were made in game two. One, the stepping up higher on the screen, just the pick and roll coverage and how they trapped to get the ball out of Damian Lillard's yeah. hands or to force him further back. The second was, of course, in the second half using Aaron Gordon there. I feel like the Aaron Gordon piece of this, a little less important than the other one. And I think it's not that it's not important, and I do anticipate it'll be a big storyline, but let's look at the numbers here. In the first game, there were, I believe, 29 assists. The second game, 15 that's a big. That tells you the shot profiles are different. Mm-hmm. You talked about um, 19 three-pointers to 16, nine of which came from Lillard, so they're not assisted threes. And then the biggest one, let's talk about turnovers. Six turnovers in game one, mm. 21 turnovers in game two. Yeah. And this is the thing. When you can attack downhill, and Denver was playing that soft, not really drop coverage. It's funny because it's not drop coverage. It's only drop coverage because the screens are 10 feet outside the three-point <laughs> line. So stepping up to the three-point line feels like drop. But yeah. when you allow Lillard getting going, there's fewer turnovers because now it's your point guard in space attacking and finding a wide open kickout guy as opposed to if it's Nurkic or Covington receiving a, a skip pass or whatever and now they have to make the plays those guys turn it over more they don't generate easy looks as much and and you get that so now so to me the question on Aaron Gordon is an important one I do think he's going to play a lot there but more important to me is to look at this and say the entire shot profile for mm-hmm. Portland was different from game one and two, including the first half. Okay. Yeah, and I think you want to maybe run the same personnel and same strategy back and see how Portland responds to that before you throw every card in your hand back down on the table. Mm. Um, I just like the idea of Shaq and Gordon being different looks. Yeah. Like, again, again, up 12 after that yeah. otherworldly explosion from yeah. Dame. And yeah. if you put Gordon on Lillard to start the game... I'd be a little concerned about foul trouble. Exactly. Totally. Because you've got to think that would be Portland's strategy if that's what Denver did. At some point, Dame figures out how to take that contact he's getting from Gordon and turn it in. I, I definitely a major major concern of mine one thing I will say Aaron Gordon really a great defender when he wants to be I mm-hmm. defense I think is a thing that takes more effort than anything else like sure. great offensive players can casually be great great defensive players have to be locked in and intense to do it and Gordon sometimes during the regular season we've seen him get beat by players that were like Kyle Anderson just beat you up yeah. the dribble for an and one like what the hell but right. I think when he is locked in as he was in the second half, he does become this all defense level player. Well, I think what helps him lock in is when he has a matchup like Lillard also. Yeah, yeah. Because when he's guarded Kawhi, he's locked in. <laughs> right. When he's guarded Luka earlier this season, he's locked totally. in. When he guards Dame, he was locked in. So I think it might be equally about just what his matchup is. Yeah. Is if he's guarding an all NBA mm. guy, that's when he like focuses in. I also want to say he was really good in quarter one too. And he's done a good job. I was thinking about how quiet Norm Powell's been. And part of it has been like in game two was a late game sort of aversion to passing to him on Portland's end. But in the first half, Aaron Gordon was all over him. Um, So I just think he's been maybe doing quietly a better job than it it may seem to some. And that's one adjustment Portland might make. If you put Gordon on Dame and put Faku over to CJ and then all of a sudden you're sliding – who, you know, um, Austin Rivers over to Norman Powell. Maybe they feel Norman Powell now has the length or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out what happens. Um, but you mentioned Shaq Harrison, and to me, he's actually as much a part of this equation as is Aaron Gordon, because mm-hmm. I'm with you. Aaron Gordon, you save his fouls, and then you could really be aggressive in a second half. The first half you have to get through, and I just, Faku, as great as he is, I think moving him over to CJ, I want to see how that looks. Because yep. we've, look, Dame, I do think gets going against him. He has torched him now two games. Like, I, I think. It's not a knock on Faku that he can't guard one of the great <laughs> offensive guards yeah. in, in the NBA at this level. But for whatever reason, he's struggling with it. And in, in parts, he can do it. Um, but I do think if Portland is not going to double team on the other end, do you need floor spacing? 
I mean, Jokic isn't kicking out to anybody anyway right now. They're staying home. <laughs> He's just scoring. So why not stick Shaq in the corner and say, I dare you to guard him? If, if you're not going to double team, then we're going to put Shaq here. And now on defense, we have, instead of a Marcus Howard and maybe reducing some of the either Faku or Austin minutes, I don't know, just might be an option there. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to know what it is, but something, he looked at the geography of the court with the way they're guarding him and those shooters out there. He did all of his damage in the middle vertical. Who? Third, Jokic. Okay. Uh, like everything. Yeah. Under yeah, the yeah. basket, down yeah, the yeah. free throw line to the top of the key. And he was just comfortable from attacking from the That's a great that point. That's a great Whatever point. Whatever that is, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, no. I'm not Yoke, but there's something he's seeing <laughs> where he, he's comfortable going one on one from there. And to me, the spacing looked like less of a concern. Yeah. What's funny is I think game three, the most important player is going to be Yusuf Nurkic. And mm -hmm. I just think the way Denver's guarding him now, Nurkic is mm -hmm. going to have to score. He's going to have to draw fouls, and he's going to have to make smart passes and smart reads. And the pressure's right. on him to see if he can do it. He is capable at his absolute best of being very effective in that role. Is it effective enough? Because, first of all, Portland can't stop Denver. It's funny. Like, everybody's was focusing on Dame going off now two games. Like, Denver's rolling on oh, offense right now. And, and Denver's second unit had a great night uh, yeah. two nights ago. And I was talking about this with uh, Mike Richmond on Locked On Blazers. On, on that podcast, but think about who Portland's bench players are, like on its second unit. Yeah. Enos Cantor, yep. Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Simons, like three of the absolute worst defenders in the league. Man, <laughs> when they put out that unit, it, it's like they, they I might. I mean, I'm right, Kale, right? No, he's not wrong. <laughs> it, well, what's funny is usually like one of CJ and Dame are on the court with them, so yeah. you actually have a fourth one, yeah. and then they'll, they'll like keep one defender on, on the court or right. try to keep one defender. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a real problem for them. The thing is, they have to score. Or, put it another way, Denver has to keep them from scoring mm -hmm. because if you do that, you're going to get buckets on them on the other end if you're patient yeah. and don't turn it over. So the battle lines are really clear now. It's really interesting. It's a fun series. I want to move on. We're not going to keep belaboring this, this you know, Carmelo Anthony, should you boo him, should you not quote a point. But I do find it funny that, one, we had the other day the Philly fans chanting F Russell Westbrook, and everyone's like, best fans in the world, not so loud. What like about this that. the fans in the garden? And then the fans yeah. in the garden, and it's hilarious because this was this quote from Derrick Rose. So if you don't know, Trey Young silenced the garden crowd. Great garden crowd. Silenced it. him, and then talked trash as he walks off the court. Because I, I got to say, man, I'm – it's funny. There's guys that have really won me over that my initial instincts where I don't like them. DeAndre yeah. Ayton's one of them. Like mm. I was like, this guy's a scrub. He's Definitely. really turned into a, a so great player. He's having a great series. Trey Young is another one of these guys. And I'm watching him talk trash. And just He's about it, man. He I wants that smoke. And then there became a controversy about, oh, my gosh, this going back. Is the crowd too hard on Trey? Is Trey being unclassy or this or that? And Derek Rose says, this league has gotten so soft. <laughs> the crowd is supposed to do that. His reaction is supposed to be that way. I mean, that's what I'm used to. You want to talk shit, talk shit. It's all right. But next game, it's going to be tougher. This is the point, bro. This is the whole freaking it's, point. It, they're, they're doing this in baseball right now. It's like pitchers are getting upset, be, you know, because swinging on 3-0 or stuff. Yeah, yeah. Swinging up 14. It's like, don't. Throw a better pitch. Baseball is the ultimate of this one, Just right? Don't look at the pitcher when you hit a home run. Yeah. Like, don't look at him. He's like, oh, did I hurt your feelings? Yeah. Alternatively, don't throw one, serve one up down the middle of the I'm play. waiting. For, see, the thing with baseball is they can actually kill you. That's the thing that sucks about it. Is you can throw a 100-mile-per-hour object at his well, head. Well, you're actually supposed to. You're supposed to. Yeah. This is why yeah. baseball is so dumb, is that you're actually don't. Look at the pitcher if you hit a home run on him. And if you do, it's perfectly acceptable for the pitcher to try to murder you right or, like, maim you. Yeah. So, like, 
I, it's so dumb. But I do. I'm waiting for the baseball player that's like, you know what? F this. If I'm on second, I'm talking shit. Well, there, to the ha- there has it's been happening. a couple of them, <laughs> and, ha- and yeah. half of baseball's fan base is like, this is what we want for the sport, and then half of the fan base is like, no. The baseball, like the NBA, but could use a little shot in the arm with some to, of this. To bring that home, it's just like that. Derrick Rose knows, like, okay, we don't want Trey Young to talk shit to our fans on our home floor. Yeah, we should probably not let him right. tear us up. Yeah, of know? course, I love it. I Simple absolutely that. love it, and it just makes it more fun. Like, there is a line that can be crossed, and I hope Nuggets fans. I saw a video of somebody really going in on Melo as he walked off, and I thought, yeah, that like I don't like that. That was like a little bit, little bit far there, and yeah. like you got to keep this to the on the court and you got to keep it to the boo and the like you know get out of here like uh, you know whatever like that that kind of stuff don't there's lines you definitely want to want to cross but at the same time i do think that our fans not supposed to care this is what we're trying to do is like completely neuter him and i gotta say the booing on mellow was louder i thought in game two good 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 job. <laughs> exactly. I was told that the booing is the reason he played well in game one. That's confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. Doesn't make <laughs> well, any sense. he actually wasn't on the court a ton in game two in the second no. half. So wasn't as many opportunities to boo. Let's hit our first ad break. Uh, on the other side, we're going to quickly bounce around the NBA playoffs because there are some really interesting things going on that pertain to the Denver Nuggets. So we'll go there and then we're going to start taking questions. we got a lot of them already lined up. Um, so the whole back half of the show will be all mailbag. But first... Yeah, guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. You can't miss it. It's got that Nuggets Skyline Blue can with the Nuggets logo on it. Pick it up at your local liquor store. Pick it up at the Breck Brew Farmhouse, the Mile High City Copper Lager. A great beer to sip on during Nuggets games. Make sure to pick some up today so you're stocked for tomorrow. Uh, Game three tomorrow in Portland. Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. Also, head to Gabby.com slash DNVR to save a bunch of money on your car and home insurance. Um, if you're not familiar with Gabby, it stands for Get a Better Insurance, and they're helping uh, their customers save an average of $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info. No annoying spam or robocalls or anything like that. What you do, you go to gabby.com slash DNVR, plug in all your car and home insurance. They'll run your numbers against 40 of the top providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, and they'll tell you where you can be saving money. Like I said, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. So put your policy to the test. Like tons of us at DNVR did, a lot of us here are using Gabby, saving money like crazy. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to gabby.com slash DNVR gabby.com slash dnvr that's gabby.com slash dnvr start saving some money with them uh i had somebody in the comments brought up i forgot that the according to michael malone on altitude radio um the league reached out and said hey jamal murray after game one tone it down a little bit you're a little too uh going full rucker park you know walking up and down the sidelines talking shit and i love that like it sucks that we lost that right. game and lost that battle because right. but it elevates the stakes and i gotta say my it sucks I get why the league doesn't want that. There is a slippery slope to where that could go too far, especially him walking all the way to midcourt to right. like like right. that. You're tempting fate. The emotions are running very high. In if the nobody series. saw Zach Collins slip him the bird, do you think they still would have made that request? Probably. Probably because like if you watch Murray on those, like he there's one play where I was watching it where he's like five feet onto the court. Yeah. While the game is in the half court, like he while, was honestly while, while Jokic is posting up Yusuf yeah. Nurkic he's, ten feet. In front he of honestly him. was like. 
inside the three point line as Jokic yeah. is posting up on the same side. So yeah. it was wild. And like, okay, you got to, you got to, I'm glad the NBA didn't fine or anything and said, hey, tone that back a little bit. But, but I, I told you guys that when I came on the show after game two, he was noticeably less yeah, involved, yeah, I thought. Yeah. Except when he's still the, talking. The two teams almost came to blows. Oh, and he, he's still talking, though, and he's still dancing and doing different two, things. Two guys that are inactive are going to yeah, start yeah. a fight in this yeah, can and I, nate tibbets but can i <laughs> yeah shout out nate tibbets. the hell is he doing <laughs> what, what, what happened here he escalated that whole thing so when um what when nurkic brushed porter and then porter pushed nurk and like that first kind of thing came together nate tibbets the portland assistant ran off Portland's bench and just totally charged that Porter. And that's Dude, got up on his face. That was so, yeah, that was yeah. so late. Coaches need to stay out yeah, of that. Like, like, with these players chill. They yeah. were walking away from each other. I also was kind of bummed Nurk didn't get a tech on that one. Like, the coach did. Nurk clearly bumps Michael Porter on purpose. Like, did they yeah. not review this? No, Look. they definitely reviewed it. Why? Where they were just like, well, Nurkic was just as was in his lane of walking or whatever. Like, come on, man. We get the last laugh every time he Euro steps around Facundo Composite. Oh, my God. It's room. so true. Yeah. Um, but I was just going to say, it, we can bring this up every show, but it's so sad. Murray is built like the higher the stakes, the better he gets. This was the ultimate like Kobe Michael Jordan thing was like they were such ultra competitors that the more that was on the line, the more they just got going and focused. And I think watching this and seeing Jamal and how into it he is, you're just like, it sucks that he has to channel this towards sideline trash talk and not towards, you know, I have so much confidence that when Lillard hit that second three pointer from deep, Jamal Murray would have come right the (laughs) F back down and drilled another one right in his face. Like, yeah, I I just such a bummer that we don't have him for this but alas you, um, you can just feel the murray moments like, oh my you can god close your eyes and see him screaming at the crowd my god he is about it um so this playoff so far the next era of players is one of the storylines here is not just you know the Jokic and and you know Embiid and and even Giannis starting to have a moment here with them just smacking the hell out of miami but you're mm-hmm. even getting the next even behind that generation with luca absolutely dominating the mavericks uh, you've also got Trey Young. You've got Michael Porter. Who else we got? Oh, DeAndre Ayton is having a fantastic series. So it's kind of neat to see. Devin Booker got a game. Devin Booker. It's neat to see the establishment. They're all, they're still in it. I mean, LeBron, Kawhi, they're not out yet. You know, whatever. Like, they're still guys. But then the next wave, like, going toe-to-toe with them. I just think that's cool. But let's move on first to the Mavs Clippers series. The shocker of the – and maybe it shouldn't be a shocker. I told We've talked about this before. That Clippers team lost last year in large part because they did not have any leadership culture and had weaknesses within their play style. This year, what changed? That's the thing. They were like, oh, we're bringing in Ty Lu, who's going to totally right. change the culture, totally change our mindset. Well, he was sitting one chair down from Doc Rivers <laughs> last year. It's obviously not that big of a change. Yeah. So – they fooled us. Well, they, not us, but they fooled a lot of people. I, about halfway through the year, I was checking in with our with our Clipper blogger friends, and it seemed like the vibes were a little better. There was maybe mm. some fool's gold. It was just something different, just anything. And yeah, they were like maybe they were heading towards something better. Um, but they look like the exact same situation now. They look like the same exact team that doesn't have answers. Like the playoffs, I'm telling you, they push you to do things that you can't do. And here's what's funny about this Portland series is Denver, Portland both have such extreme weaknesses that it's it's like a fair fight in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't suspect that'll be the case the further you go down, especially, you know, Lakers or Suns, both talented of exploiting teams. But, you know, the Clippers are a team that like they don't have a lot of creators. 
they can't really stop Luca, but apparently nobody can stop Luca. They have great defenders. Luka's Somehow, just, yeah, they have Kawhi, Paul George, who are not even guarding Luca in the series for some reason. I know. What is this team built for if not that? I'm so confused. Man, so Dev, Superstar Dev asks us a question in the chat. He says, do we have to start questioning uh, the Kawhi as a defender? Absolutely. Not 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 the so legacy. Here's what's funny. The here's what's funny is I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like we've seen him def- defend LeBron James at an elite level. Like we've seen him do some things. Luca might actually be that good. I, what lost in Luca is that he's six eight yeah. and enormous, like and huge, thick. I always I think I brought this up before, but somebody photoshopped. You know how everybody's the, the Jordan playing defense, and then people will photoshop funny player like Delavadova scoring on Jordan or whatever. Somebody did that with Luca, and Luca was like so much bigger than Jordan. I'm like, dude, why'd they make him so much bigger? And then I'm like. Oh, wait, no, he is just so much bigger than Michael yeah. Jordan. Like I forgot about that. Yeah. And I think that's part of lost of this is as strong as Kawhi is, as big as, as Paul George is, and all the guys they can throw at him, Luka's just as big, and he has this weird like heavy man strength to him. Well, that's why Aaron Gordon is a good matchup on him, because they're similar yeah. body types. Yeah. You know, like Aaron Gordon well. <laughs> is is bigger than Kawhi. No, I actually think I actually think they're actually pretty similar. All right. It's like me and Michael Jordan have similar body types. Aaron Gordon's like ripped, right? Like but, thin waist. But <laughs> they, he probably weighs around Luke. the same amount as Luca. You they're, think they're around oh. the same height? That's why I, I think Aaron Gordon is is a better matchup than a lot strong. of people think. Well, also because I'd like to think that the Nuggets will do it. I mean, that's just what I isn't the whole point of the type of superstar Kawhi is. And I know you you hide your cards if you can. You don't want to throw out. You know, you want to give them different looks, but like. It, Two straight games of Luka torching them, and then in the fourth, they reluctantly threw Kawhi on him, and then they were switching anyway. Right, it's like, yeah, dude, yeah. What's, what's the point of right, having right. those two superstars if they're not going well, to— te- Teams like the Clippers and Nets just love to switch. They yeah. just love to switch because it's They so want easy. to break basketball. This is why it's I'm so rooting. easy. They want to break basketball. They want to throw out all the other aspects of team sports, make this just the math equation of we have three guys nobody can guard. We don't need anything else. Yeah. This is honestly what they want. They don't need any culture. They don't need any, oh, your role players actually matter. They right. want those guys not we don't, to matter. We don't need to play at all together in the regular just, season. Just space the floor and let the good players do their thing. And it might work for Brooklyn. I don't know. I hope not, but it might. They're Probably smacking will. the hell out of the, uh, the Celtics right now. But with the Clippers, it's coming up short, and uh, I'm rooting for it, man. I'm so hard, and I think it's going to happen. I have a feeling that series, uh, this is, might sound like a crazy hot take, I think it comes down to game three on whether or not this is a sweep. Game three. Oh, you, I agree. I, there, I think there's a better chance this is a sweep than it is a Clippers win. I bet game three feels like game six of Nuggets Clippers. And then Game Seven or Game Seven of Nuggets Clippers will feel like Game Four of like this upcoming series, like Dallas Clippers. Like if if Dallas smacks the Clippers in Game Three. Oh my God, it's oh over. Yeah, it's yeah. Are you kidding? The Clippers me? are going to have like a, a Game Seven against Paul the George won't hit the rim four. in Game Four if right. they're down three right. zero. Right. I even think just the first half of Game Three. Like yeah, if the Clippers are down fifteen. I'm looking to. And the- Dallas has the crowd. I mean, it's going to be a packed arena in Dallas for oh. sure. I think Dallas is good, by the way, but I don't think they're like an unbeatable, like a great team. I think they're good, and they're more exposing the Clippers. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Dallas. I think Luca is like better than people even give him credit for. Yeah. But um, part of it too, like Tim Hardaway Jr. is like having an yeah, out of body experience yeah. right now. So. <laughs> Lakers Suns is interesting. Obviously, split one one. I think the Suns are way better than people give him credit for. I think the Lakers are a little bit worse at this very moment. The Lakers at their best are like just this Pistons 2004 Pistons level defense. They're just they're <laughs> yeah. ridiculously great on defense. Um, but that series to me, it's one one. 
the only reason it doesn't I I'm I'm not quite ready to say I like the Suns better is because Chris Paul getting hurt. It kind of mm, like it, a healthy player. Chris Paul. I honestly think I like the Suns better than the Lakers right now before they get their feet under him. Yeah, and LeBron looks like a washed version of himself for three quarters and then just has that extra gear where he can turn it on. He definitely looks to me like a guy that if this the Suns need to do the Nuggets a huge favor, the Nuggets should the Nuggets advance and take this to six or seven games right. because LeBron looks like he desperately needs four or five days off in between oh. each series. And if he doesn't get that, you have a huge leg up. I've I've never seen him this reluctant to drive. And in the past he's yeah. done the out like you said, he always knows how much is left in the tank and when to hit that switch. But right now, it's like all jump shots, the switch. Yeah. And they're falling. But. And then Jazz Grizzlies is interesting. Jazz tonight in a really uh, uh, tough spot, tight spot, man. They need Donovan Mitchell back. I think a lot of people think, oh, that'll be fine now. He hasn't played in forever. Grizzlies, I love the Grizzlies. They just play hard. They have nothing to lose. I don't think they're necessarily talented. But <laughs> should they be able to get that one, you start to look at the West and go, this is way weaker than we thought. Or more, more bal- I shouldn't say weaker. Way more winnable than anybody yeah, guessed. It's more wide open uh, than, than, than ever. Utah still, I think, fully healthy presents a lot of presents a lot of challenges for a Denver sure, team without sure. Murray. Yeah. But he goes down. My God. Also, like, you know, I had that whole rant about how, in a small way, we should be able to appreciate Utah pulling it off more than the glamour markets. Uh, but this is Memphis. So I know. It's let's like go Grizzlies. The <laughs> lowest jazz and then the slightly lower like yeah, Memphis yeah. Grizzlies. I am wild. enjoying this. Um, and then I feel good about the Bucks this year. Just it's, you know, Giannis, a star players always take the brunt of their team's failures. I think the change between Bledsoe to Drew Holiday couldn't be more stark. Like mm. that's the that's the <laughs> biggest drop. Like, like Bledsoe to anybody, really. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, but specifically <laughs> Drew Holiday. And you look at that series and they have absolutely the first game was clearly pure jitters for Milwaukee. Like you could tell there was a psychological hump they had to get over. They got over it. They smacked the hell out of Miami. Yeah, they did. They smack I think they're gonna smack them again. I I actually think that's another series that I would be more surprised if Miami won the series than if mm-hmm. uh Milwaukee swept the series. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, totally All right, agree. Kale, let's get to a couple questions from the chat here I, do you want me to i've got a discord one do you want to sure let's do the discord one first shout out the members shout out the members first. Always, that's right if you're a member you can join this discord check out the dnvr lounge it's a tab on our uh, our main page this one comes from uh uh darwin how did the concern level change for you all now that the nuggets uh won't get one on the road how concerned are we that the Nuggets won't get one on the road because the Rose Garden just announced they're up to 8K capacity? So we talked a lot about that advantage, yeah. and now it's gone. Or I'm a firm believer in the like first game fans back in the arena effect yeah. where you're just so hyped and it's so much louder in there than normal where game three is probably going to be super tough for Denver to win. I agree. I think it's going to have a huge effect, yeah. Michael Porter in particular, I mean, this is one of the things George Carl really opened my eyes to in the and Keeping It 1000 pod, but... You know, rookies, or he's not a rookie, but he's never played in front of a playoff crowd before like this. And it's been so long that, yes, you have the fans in ball arena, but they're cheering him. What happens when they're booing? What happens when he misses a shot or gets crossed over or gets an and one and the whole crowd is talking trash to him? Like, how does he respond to that? I'm curious to see it. So I absolutely agree. Game three is going to be really, really tough. I wouldn't panic if they lost that one. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, like I said, I think Denver has adjustments that Portland has to be heroic to overcome. I don't. We haven't seen that the other way yet. I, we haven't seen something where they've done to Denver where it's like, man, they've really cut off the head of the snake here. Like they, they haven't done that. So I'm, I'm a little optimistic, cautiously optimistic. It is important to note that the Nuggets have gone down two one in every series <laughs> yeah. they've played over the last yeah. two years, and they've won a it's lot a of, of those passage. series. It really is a yeah. rite of passage. 
Just go to me. Um, yeah, we can go to Kale. What do you got, Kale? You got a super chat? Yep. Uh, this is coming in from Nicholas. Uh, can Faku become the starting one with Maul at the two? I'm assuming he just means long term. Yeah, like next year. Um, it's an interesting question. You know, uh, the thing with Faku that I think we're finding out in the series is that he clearly has utility. I wouldn't say that he has been wholly bad in the series. He just hasn't. There's been like things that he has brought to the table that have been great, and there's things he has taken away that have been harmful. So I think it's finding the right balance. So my answer to that is absolutely. You talk about a regular season lineup. Oh, yeah. Love that one. I yeah, think it's yeah, fantastic. Sure. Playoffs. It probably will be a little bit more contingent on who you're playing, and there yeah. will be matchups that work really well for that, and matchups that don't. I think Faku has been probably as good as you could have hoped for so so far in the playoffs. Like I his, think you would have hoped that he would have shut down Dame. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was realistic that he would okay. shut down Dame. I, I didn't. I didn't. Like he, he's going all out. He's he's making plays. He he's doing like as good of a job as I thought he would. Honestly, man, yeah. like, I, I really do. Offensively, I think he's been better. Yeah. Than than maybe I even thought he would be. Smart players, I think, as the series goes on, they read the the games better and so i will see you know with Jokic, i think that's the case like he figures out things quicker right. than everyone else so maybe the same will be true of faku and he starts reading the angles a little bit better what else we got all right speaking of faku uh should they just stick faku on cj the whole game a lot of questions about this well so then are you going straight to gordon on dame or are you starting you go rivers yeah, that's what I was wondering. The thing about this is whenever you have, especially in the playoffs, this happened last year, if you remember, last year against Utah, they had a lot of success with that sort of, I think Horn's Twist is the name for it, where they would first run a pick-and-roll guard-to-guard because mm-hmm. Denver would have to switch it, and then they would run a pick-and-roll with Jokic and, yeah. and the guard. So if Gordon, for example, is on Damian Lillard to start and Faku's on whoever else, you run a pick-and-roll there, so Faku has to switch on to Dame, and then you run that. And there's a way, if that's your game plan coming into it, there's a way to get into it quick enough that you still have 15, 14 seconds on the clock to run whatever action. So I think some of this is let's see how Portland attacks because mm. it might not matter as much. Um, but we'll just have to see what they yeah. do. Look, against all great players, you've got to have multiple guys to th- throw at them. That's how you show them different looks. That's how you don't let them get comfortable. So Faku, Rivers, Shaq, Aaron Gordon, I think all those guys should spend possessions on Dame. I think Shaq being on the court, it, it's funny because you worry about Denver's offense, especially if you replaced Faku with Shaq because then you're Faku Rivers. Like, I yeah. don't know about that backcourt. We'll see what happens. But um, if you can just put it to where there's no good options for him, that really does help. So Denver, part of this is, I think, building good leads and being able to go to lineups like that for short stints. Be like, hey, last two minutes of the half, three minutes right. of the half, we're going to go to this because we right. can trust that Jokic can generate enough offense as the point guard <laughs> right. or just as a scorer. But for three minutes, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, none of those guys are going to have a good matchup, and we're yeah. just going to try to swallow them. Yeah, no? totally agree. I, I, I'm, I would like the idea of just switching the Rivers Faku primary assignments to start the game. But the thing is, again, even like that happened enough in this last game that it's that Damian still scored on Rivers. Rivers does a sure, great job, but sure. like it happened, it wasn't like Faku was on Lillard the entire first half. There was right. he was actually only on him a little bit, and even in the second quarter when he really went off, Faku wasn't on him. They would switch him onto him and then attack. Yeah, I'm also wondering if you can just bait CJ into taking like contested long mid ranges. Yeah, which he might just hit and beat you. CJ's definitely more of a mid range shooter than Dame. They both shoot the three, but yeah. CJ a little more comfortable in that mid range. All right, what else? 
Lots of questions about Faku. This is coming in Man. from our boy Patrick. Thoughts on replacing Faku with Monte as a starter? So Jokic has a better DHO option, and so Faku's energy can be used versus CJ and the bench squad. Well, so my first thought about this is Denver's offense is crushing it. Like right. I, their offensive rating in the series is like one thirty. And also Faku with the starters, that lineup has been great ever yeah. since they went to it offensively. Well, I also like Mont like. I like the idea of Monte helping the second unit yeah. get going and score yeah. more than Faku, I think. Look, he, he has yeah. a chemistry there. Yeah, you're 1-1. I mean, you just beat the Blazers with Dame having this crazy, crazy game. I would just kind of stick with it. I, yeah. w- I would stick with what's working right now. I will say that I am curious to see minutes with Monte Morris and, and uh, Shaq Harrison together as your mm-hmm. back point. So you have Faku and you have Rivers. I wouldn't mind seeing a few more minutes maybe with those other two, even if, again, it's just the transitions, right? Like going from second unit to first unit and you bring Jokic on but not quite Faku and Rivers yet and see what that looks like because yeah. Monte does provide different dynamic. And I think Shaq is – Shaq might actually be the best defender for guards on the team. I don't, we'll he have is. to see what Gordon – I think well, he is. I got to give, give Gordon credit, man. Like I – I want to see what Gordon's upside is as a defender because he did in the playoff series do a great job defending Kawhi Leonard, like as good of a job as just about anybody has done. Um, several year, two, two yeah, three yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. with with Orlando, and now you know one half grade against Dame. I want to see maybe he is a, a hidden gem even in this like we didn't realize he was a multi tool Draymond esque can guard every position. And if he mm. is, I'm telling you, it changes the equation for Denver. If Aaron Gordon can shut down Damian Lillard in the rest of the way of the series, it changes the equation for Denver completely. That, that's yeah. also just insane versatility. You're right. Like we're talking about an all NBA level defender if he if he's that guy. He thinks he's that guy. Like that's that's the reason why this is just totally Aaron Gordon's moment and like yep. his time to the great totally piece, just establish himself as that guy for Denver because that's kind of who he wants to be. It's man. so cool that like the thing that sort of galvanizes him or like, can he kick it into extra gear is, Oh, I want Dane. Right. And then he really, really wakes up and or brings it to an extra level. Like it's awesome, man, to have that kind of, play. And it's funny because his offensive game is a little bit more raw. I think than people realize like they think of him as more of this two way player, but there's a few defensive players in the NBA where it doesn't matter. They're mm. so well known for being great defensive yeah. players, and Draymond is obviously like the top of this list. But even like a Ben Simmons who has some offensive game, the, he's the same type where he can guard mm-hmm. fours and fives in a pinch, but he also guard ones. If Gordon becomes that guy, I do feel like almost career-wise, it's actually even the best thing for him mm. career-wise is it becomes you have to have one of five defenders who can guard one through four, and he's one of them. Jeremy Grant built a reputation in one playoff run. If Just he, off, yeah. If, he gets, <laughs> right. if Gordon gets some quality minutes on Dame, somehow they were to end up seeing Doncic at some point and becomes a star again. Just not the way people expected. He yeah. becomes a defensive star, which would be great. Uh, what else we got here, Kale? Uh, okay, lots of stuff. Okay. Um, where do we want to go next? Uh, any updates? Couple questions about updates on both Will Barton and PJ Dozier. Any chance we see them this series? So I think there's a really good chance we'll see Barton this series. Um, probably not game three, maybe game four, mm-hmm. game five. I wouldn't be shocked. PJ, it's funny. I, PJ was actually on the court pregame uh, before game two. Hadn't seen him on the court at all. Still haven't seen Will on the court That's at all. That's a great note. But Will has always been ahead of PJ like in yeah, his yeah. progression. But PJ was out on the court pregame. Wasn't doing anything, just walking around dribbling, but he was in workout gear, so he's progressing. I I would take that as a sign as he's progressing. Um, but Will, yeah, I could see Will coming back game four maybe, game five. 
We do talk to Malone today, by the way, at 4.30 p.m. Right. Mountain Time, so I bet we get some sort of update. I bet we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, yeah, we probably won't. But I do. I agree with Wynn that, that Game 4 or Game 5 is sort of what I'm looking at. We will get an... like it, we, The only update we really get is if he's out. Like We'll get the he's right. out. But I, right, I suspect right. he will be raised to doubtful before maybe even a full game before he plays. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm with you. I do think if Denver can steal Game 3... And get up in the series two one, especially if they feel like they have found something. Will Barton in game bringing him back in game four is great because you have it feels like you have a game to play with. You can try to insert him into some of those yeah. secondary bench roles and just see how he feels and bring him along slowly. That'd be the best bet is if if he if Will Barton could come back in a series in which Denver is winning comfortably and you get him a game four and a game five and then the series is over and you get a min- little bit of minutes there and then you get a week off, like that's the best bet. For, for a Will Barton return, in my yeah. opinion. Bring I guess, him off the bench. Bring him slowly. I guess my biggest question with that is just, is 60%, even if he's not 100% healthy, is 60% of Will Barton better than the Marcus Howard minutes we're getting? Some of this actually depends, in my opinion, on how they guard Denver. I mean, right now they're, con- they're content to just try to let Jokic score and let him eat. They won in the first game because their offense was great. Yep. Once they needed to get stops, like Denver scored 130 in this last game. I think if Denver wins game three, Portland probably has to go to the drawing board and say, we might have to scrap our defensive plan as much as we have to come up with ways to go offensively. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case by second half of game three even. Could be. I mean, it's like you can tell yourself whatever you want about the way game one shook out, but like he's at, what is it, 36 points per game right now? 34 and 38. 62% from the field. Like. And it's been easy. And it's been easy. Like he's gonna keep. <laughs> he went doing ten to fifteen, that. right? Yeah. Fifteen to twenty. Fifteen to twenty. He's got to <laughs> keep it up, though. I mean, look, some of those shots were tough shots that even he thought were off, like the little <laughs> that like one-handed one that went in off the glass from straight away. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. So he, it shouldn't be taken for granted that Jokic has been this great because he needs to keep it up. Like yeah. those were two of his best playoff games so far, and he needs to keep going. So. Um, lot, just, lot, lot on his shoulders. I'm just so confident that that's just who he Let, is. Let's man. take our last break, and then we're going to get to some of our Twitter questions as well as try to wrap up rapid fire some of those ones we have in the chat. Yeah, guys, the Lawnmower 4.0 now oh, available. Man. Breaking news: it's out. It's available. Get it. Get it while it's hot. We've all got them. They're great. Elite, elite, elite product from Manscaped. A three elites. Wow. Usually Harrison's a two guy, but a three elites. Wow. By the way, I don't know what to do with my 3.0. So if anyone wants my uh, <laughs> put garage on, sale, uh, put it on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, yeah Facebook no thanks vote on that one. <laughs> you're, good, uh, you're good on that? Lightly used. Lightly no, used. Probably heavily used. Uh, <laughs> lawnmower 3.0. <laughs> yeah, get the 4.0. Upgrade to the 4.0 uh, from Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use code DNVR to get 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, pick up that lawnmower 4.0. Um, like I said, an elite product from Manscaped. Got to use it every day. Like, you just got to. Uh, get it from manscaped.com, use the code DNVR for 20% off. Did I mention wireless charging? Wireless charging on the lawnmower 4.0. That, that was my biggest beef if I had to have one with the lawnmower 3.0. You had to plug it into the charger. Sometimes mine didn't always sit right, but mm. you don't have to worry about that with the 4.0 wireless charging system. Uh, so again, use code DNVR at manscaped.com for 20% off and get that lawnmower 4.0. What do we got on DraftKings this week? Um, DraftKings just got bigger stakes, bigger promotions on DraftKings for the playoffs. Uh, they're putting you courtside with a chance to turn $5 into $200 uh, 
with 40 to one odds on any basketball game. Um, all you've got to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the Larry OB. And if that team wins, you will, you will receive $200 in free credits. Wow, this is an incredible offer from DraftKings. Uh, that's right. Pick any team that is still in contention. Bet $5. And if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. Uh, so make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. That Bet on the basketball good. team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, wager paid out, in-site credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And finally, Solace Meds, they've got tons of locations in Colorado, four that are super convenient, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. So maybe you're coming down to the bar for game three or game four. Stop into Solace Meds before. Uh, like I said, they're just lo they're located just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. They've always got tons of awesome deals, but make sure to use code DNVR20 at checkout. Uh, you'll get an additional 20% off their uh, entire your entire purchase and they've got tons of great deals that you can put on top of that as well um, If you can't make it in you can order online and then go pick up at your convenience uh, at solacemeds.com s-o-l-a-c-e meds.com uh, And again use the code dnvr20 to save 20% you can use that in store You can use that online and then pick up uh, code dnvr20 for 20% off again They've got four Colorado locations, Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, Broadway. And then again, they are just blocks from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Yeah. All right. Final segment here. DNVR mailbag, mailbag pod. Let's go to Twitter here. See what we got. Guy Fieri fan. Big day for Guy Fieri yesterday, by the way. What happened? Yeah. I saw $80 million extension with Food Network. He might be coming to my wedding. No joke. Seriously? Yeah. No joke. Yeah. All right. What? Yeah. All right. Whatever. All right. <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> He wants to know, do you expect for the series to look like this for MPJ? Do you think he has some breakout games in store? So far, he thinks he's been solid, but they probably need more out of him. That's a great question. It is. Um, I think he'll have 28-point game. Yeah. I, I think my expectations for him will lower it a little bit. And I, I talked about this yesterday, I, I believe, on Locked on Nuggets as well. But his weaknesses I think come to light in the playoffs and this is really not a shot at him it's just that you know he still has lessons to learn that's part of growing up as a player like his skill level the thing about it is there's a baseline of things that he has to learn and every time he learns a piece of it his unlimited potential gets untapped more and more mm -hmm. in a regular series a regular season I think you know the potential part is less encumbered by the things he's still learning in a playoffs the learning curve is accelerated because it has to be, but also it, it sort of shows. And so for an example, one of the things I talk about was come getting the ball, being strong on dribble handoffs so that they can't shoot the gap on you and so that you read the angle so that you can properly receive it and attack in a way that punishes the defense. He just doesn't recognize those and he doesn't have the strength yet to be able to really punish them. So when he goes for handoffs, a lot of times he's not open on plays where other players would be open on such a play, mm. but because he doesn't he doesn't quite know how to do that. So 
when he does get open, he's going to convert at a higher rate than, say, a Will Barton um, you know, or uh, a P.J. Dozier or whatever. But right now he's not getting open as frequently of those guys because he doesn't have the strength yeah. or feel yet. Yeah. My expectations are a little lowered as well. Um, like, he's had so- a couple good offensive games, game one and two. But, I mean, it's three of six from three last game. I like to see him take more threes if, you know, Denver can run enough plays for him, if, if he can get himself open enough. Um, what I'm really going to be curious about, though, is defensively. Because I've got to think This that, next game. Yeah, a big part, part of Portland's upcoming game plan is going to be to get Gordon switched off of Lillard if the Nuggets go with that strategy, which I think they will, and MPJ switched onto Lillard. Like, yeah, they had a lot of success within game one. And they're coming all the way out, and Dame and CJ were turning the corner on MPJ so easily in that first qu- fourth quarter. Uh, he, there was a couple of possessions where he held his own, but for the most part, it was like they didn't even see him. Dame had him on skates out there, so that's going to be a part of it. It's a, a lot of his shots are off the dribble right now, contested off the dribble, which to be expected in the playoffs. I do think, though, in ga- he flipped the script a bit. In game one, I thought he looked much more suited for the physicality of a playoff series, was really good and was perfect inside the arc. Mm-hmm. Game two, the catch-and-shoot stuff fallen, but the other stuff isn't there. I'm going to give him more time. I wonder if he puts puts it together at one point in Portland and we see a, a 30 and 8 kind of game. Yeah. I'm so this is great for him. I mean, it really is and um this is by no means me thinking he doesn't have sure. the same upside sure. or potential, but just the the process of getting there is interesting. That being said, he is a Lillard-esque shooter and scorer in that the Nuggets are going to win whatever game he goes five for five and a quarter from from right. the, the field or right. maybe three for three from the three point line. Like those points count for so much more because they happen in such, you know, they can happen in such quick order. So um, if that happens and he's fully capable of it, then, yeah, Denver's going to get out to a big lead and he's going to get rolling. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and I don't think he's um, like phased by the matchups in this series. Powell, Covington. I don't think those matchups are. are Powell are has him. though. If you've noticed, Powell has stripped him a few times, or just yeah. bobbled and gotten. This is what I mean about the physicality: is right. how many times in the last two games has Porter had a great opportunity that has gotten literally fumbled away because yeah. he couldn't hold on to it, or because Powell reaches a hand in, and right. so it, it says that type of stuff that it's encumbering his potential right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stefan, we already talked about this. I just want to shout you out. He asked a question about AG on Dame from the start or not, or Rivers. We talked about that, but mm-hmm. we see you. Um, Charles Presley wants to know, is this the biggest challenge Malone has ever faced as Nuggets coach? All the injuries and lineup changes he has managed is nothing short of amazing, in my opinion. Does he deserve more praise for keeping this team competitive all year, <laughs> let alone in the playoffs? I certainly think he does. Absolutely, man. I mean, we don't even talk about it because Denver's had so much success with this current group, but they're starting Faku Campazzo and Austin Rivers right, yeah. against... Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. It's it's ridiculous. Austin Rivers came onto this team in April, and Shaq Harrison played a big role last game. He came onto this team in March. Marcus Howard is in the rotation. Right. Marcus Howard. Both of their two way guys are in the playoff rotation against Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. The idea that we're talking about (laughs) shutting down a top five MVP candidate and we're like, which two way player is the best matchup for Damian Lillard? Marcus Howard? Marcus Howard looked bad against other garbage time lineups during the regular season. He was a bad garbage time player. He's been good, though. I have to give him credit. Like, he has relative to what 
should have been expected yeah. of him. He's outperformed. And he it. has held his own yeah. against one of the best backcourts in the league. That was my grade for uh, <laughs> for Austin Rivers after like, a game. Come two. on, like, like okay, Austin's getting outplayed in Dame by CJ, but like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know and, uh, and it's also. Um, what was I going to say here with, uh, oh, I was listening to Bonnie Jones's podcast as I was driving in and he was like, he was talking about that Portland Denver series is great. I thought Denver was going to win this one in a cakewalk, but I didn't realize they were going to be playing a guy named Frank Composo. He's like, I think, I think that's his name. I think it's Frank or Freddie or something like that. And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, man. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I don't think people realize how down bad the Nuggets were. Yeah. They just kept winning. It's um, it's because they had they just won. You know, since, yeah, since right. Jamal went down, they went thirteen uh, and five. Matthew Kimura, the presentations for Six Man of the Year and Most Improved Player were really well done. And they cool. were they were awesome. Um, what would be the perfect, coolest presentation for Jokic receiving the MVP? I got one. Want me to go first? I'm gonna say. Um, you know, it'd be cool if they were doing an interview with his brothers and him talking about that. And then his brothers just presented it to him. That'd be cool. I think Jamal Murray. Mm. It'd be the sentimental choice. If you had Jamal Murray there oh. and there was sort of a, yeah, if it was, if it came in that way. And what if they did it at midcourt before a game? Man, I don't, I don't. That might be too much, too late. Like that's like you know, like right now you have to go play like five seconds later. I think a pregame, you know, oh, we're gonna have you interview with Jamal Murray, talk about the spirit of the team, yeah. and boom. Although at this point, wouldn't you see it coming? Yeah, it's like Jokic. We're gonna have you uh, do a television interview that you always refuse, but you I don't have a choice this time. And, and Jamal's, gonna, Jamal's gonna be, gonna be right there, next to you. as will all of your closest relatives. We're with TNT <laughs> on national TV. Yeah. He would probably be on to it. We'd be on to it if, if that was it because it'd be the same thing as the Ingles-Clarkson thing. Yeah. Uh, out of left field answer, Mike Miller. Anything with Mike Woo, Miller. Let's do it, baby. Jesse Hartman wants to know who grabs the bench if Will Barton returns during the series and do any of Malone's <laughs> potential counters as the series goes on involve JaVale McGee. Who grabs I, the bench? Who's on the who's who not, who's not playing? I think Shaq is the only guy you look at that I would say I could see him getting five to ten more minutes per game than what he's gotten. I don't see JaVale McGee as an answer. I mean, that's not a question they're trying to solve right now. Is right. yeah, like Enes yeah. Cantor has been held relatively in check. He's grabbed some offense rebounds. I almost but. wonder if Enes Cantor's role diminishes. Like, I wonder if Portland on its second unit just goes, all right, we're just going to go small because this canter thing obviously isn't working against And it's the not bench. like you're getting punished that much by Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap inside, although if they did go small, they might become I mean, punished. to be yeah. fair, like, they went away from Cantor when they didn't have any choice but to play him in game yeah. two. So you might be on to something getting there. beat up by In Paul Denver, Millsap. though, I mean, like, who else is left? I mean, there's really, JaVale McGee and Vladko Chanchar. I don't think either of those guys make a ton of sense. Is there anybody else we're forgetting that's not in the game? Like... Denver only no. has so many bodies. They're all playing. Yeah, that's true. The next guy would be JaVale. Marcus Howard is the last guy I would have expected. He's already <laughs> in. He's so. playing. <laughs> Marcus Howard. There's no way anybody, well, any Portland Trailblazer fan knows who Marcus knew who Marcus Howard was before no. game one. Well, that's a no great, way. great segue because at Kearns King wants to know, now that Marcus Howard is in the rotation, especially in the that's playoffs, what do you guys think his future is with the team, with Jamal, Monte, and Faku obviously on the roster still? What is this? The what? The future with the team. I mean, I, I, a lot I, of time. For yeah, this. I, I don't think he's a piece of the future. I, I think what this says about the Nuggets more than anything is that they can find guys like undrafted guys and bring them in and put them on the floor next to Nikola Jokic or just 
other high IQ guys, and they'll be playable. I think that's the, what it says more than anything. Even in the playoffs. Marcus Howard is really good at getting his shot off, like contested shots off. I think there was a stat that like in college he... Yeah, that's why he did in college. So yeah. many of his shots were contested, like disproportionate amount because he's so small. And I think that would maybe be your... If you were trying to say the, the path to Marcus Howard being an actual NBA, like 25-plus minute per game kind of guy, it would be him being so elite at that that it had a Steph Curry-esque effect on pick and rolls where you had no questions asked. When this guy comes off, we have to jump out at him. Um, you know, And then he would just have to improve his basic floor reading, which... I don't. We haven't seen enough of him for me to be able to say like right now he catches and shoots or passes it back to the guy he's supposed to, um, but he needs to become a better passer and ball handler and stuff if he's going to make it at the NBA level. Maybe he will. I don't yeah, know. Maybe one more Marcus question from Nathan. Wow, Carson. a lot of, Mar- a lot of Marcus Howard questions. Would you rather see, Would you rather see Marcus Howard break Dame's ankles, MPJ dunk on Cantor, or Jokic dunk on Nurkic? No, Jokic dunk uh-huh. on Nurkic. That last one was like, the, are you kidding me? There's a few things more cathartic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the homie Miranslav, the Serbian correspondent, the light of our lives. Is Nikola Jokic the best tough shot maker in the league? No, but he is, he is, he is one of the better ones for sure. Yeah, I think he's tier two. He might not be the one, best right? on his own team. No, I think he's tier I think he's tier one. And like Kirk's the reason this question I'm sure is coming up is because Kirk Goldsberry just did a fantastic video. Only thing wrong with it is he misattributed the sub <laughs> shuffle to Chris Marlowe. Chris Marlowe's running with it. But other than that, it was a great thing talking about the statistics of Nikola Jokic's ability to make tough shots. Yeah. And and the percentages on it. And I think percentage wise you probably would say yes. The difference is Steph Curry shoots more difficult shots and converts them at only slightly less of a rate. And, and it's like you have to factor in that part of what makes Jokic great is he only takes tough shots when he has to. Right. Steph Curry takes them all the time because he has to all the time. Yeah, when I said tier two, I was going to say um, tier one is just Steph. Yeah. So okay, that, that's yeah. what I meant. But, yeah, I mean, there's I think Ryan Blackburn, I think, put some good data out, too, that just – Jokic is one of the premier contested jump shooters in the league. I think so is Jamal Murray. Yeah. So is Jamal Murray. Yeah. Uh, he's certainly up there, though, and I think that's a one part of his game that people don't quite under... I mean, there's so many parts of Jokic's game. People think, like, he's a great passer. Like, 50% and... of his game, people don't understand. Oh, it's so true. true. He's a great passer, and, you know, he's a load down on the block. He's one of the best but, big man passers yeah, in the well, league. <laughs> yeah. But they don't realize that there's all these other, like, oh, contested shot making yeah. is also part of this. 38 like, on 15 20 with Franklin Compazzo. And yeah, with Franklin <laughs> Compazzo. Kale, uh, before we get out of here, were there any other questions in the chat that you feel we, we got to get too? Uh, yeah, one that I think a lot of people are wondering about um, heading into just where we're at. If MPJ does sign a max deal, does that mean AG's out of there? Or what does that picture look like salary-wise with MPJ on a max contract? Got a couple of these questions. It's a great question. I think that there are pathways for this to work out for Denver to be able to sign him to a max and retain an, uh, um, an Aaron Gordon. But honestly, we'll have to dive into this more with our salary cap experts in, in the offseason to really get into what those numbers would look like. The thing I would say is Aaron Gordon's an enormous part of this team. I think Michael Porter represents a higher ceiling. Like you, It might be a thing where Aaron Gordon is a two-year player for Denver, and then they have to find the next, the next Aaron one, Gordon yeah. Um or an Aaron Gordon facsimile or whatever. But, um, you know, the other part of it is you never know how this all this stuff shakes out and, and what the Cronkies are willing to do. And, and what Gordon wants. And what Gordon wants. And it just might reach a point where it's like those four guys are must-have. Everybody else is interchangeable. I mean, look, they're doing this right now with Marcus Howard, Shaq Harrison, Austin Rivers. Maybe that means that those last pieces, not that those guys aren't good and don't deserve credit, but they are limited players. But maybe the limitations don't matter when you have a 
a four part right. core that is so totally. good. A big part of it, I think, will come down to what Gordon wants. And right now, <clears throat> I think he's in a position where like he would take a hometown discount to stay here. I don't know what he's going to want a year sure. plus from now. Maybe yeah. it will change. Maybe it will be the same. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he's getting even more attention by then, you know, so it's, it's hard to say. Before we get out of here, I want to remind people, whether you're listening to this as a podcast or if you're watching this up on our YouTube channel, that last week's shows still like if you're looking for content during this drought where the Nuggets are off for all these days, yeah. we had Tim Connolly, the, the architect of the Nuggets. Tim M.F. Connolly. Tim M.F. And he was fantastic, by the way. So that was an all time so DNVR Nuggets podcast. You want to go back. We had Katie Wingy last week, the Keeping It 1000 podcast with George Carl. Um, so lots of good podcasts. So if you only watch watch this you know sometimes and you missed out on those go back and check them out guys we have lots of great stuff even when we're not live on this channel here yep and we got the pregame show coming up uh tomorrow night make sure to tune in for that harrison's gonna Post be here for show, it. of course i'll be back in the house we might have a special guest as well Ooh, a special a guest tease. from game two what a tease <laughs> all right everybody thanks hit the like button on the way out hit the subscribe button become a dnvr member lots of great content up from all three of us behind the paywall we'll see everybody tomorrow as always, guys, make sure to support the Colorado Exos out at Infinity Park. And also check out the DNVR Rugby podcast with Colton Strickler if you're looking to learn more about rugby, if you're looking to get into the game of rugby. It's an awesome listen. He keeps it super high level and also you know, gets into the weeds with some really good interviews. So check out the DNVR Rugby podcast, Learn Rugby 101 uh, with Colton Strickler. He's also got exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches and stuff. And also make sure to support the Colorado XOs when they're in season. They're a group of athletes who come from all different backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. They play their games at Infinity Park in Glendale. And what the Colorado XOs do is they take all those athletes, teach them the game of rugby, and pretty much just inject the U.S. national team with that elite talent. So uh, check out the Colorado XOs. Make sure to subscribe to the DNVR Rugby Podcast as well.